on this episode of Common Mystics, we welcome one of our favorite guests to discuss such topics as her memories of being born, past life regressions, and channeling angels for her latest project. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics, and today we are speaking with the creator and host of A Psychic Story, a top four spiritual podcast in the U.S., receiving millions of downloads a year with listeners in all 195 countries around the world. She is also the creator of a spinoff podcast entitled A Psychic Story Kids Edition as well as the creator and host of the Supernatural Matters podcast, a global podcast that dives into the mystical and surreal, helping people determine what is natural or supernatural. Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels is her first book with co-author Scott Guerin, PhD, in which they break down complex spiritual topics, making it easy to understand and incorporate into everyday life. Please welcome Nicole Bigley. Hi, Nicole. We are so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for joining us. Nicole. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this for a while. We love talking to you. You're like the absolute best. And I cannot wait to get some details about you. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. Share a little bit with us about your background and your relationship with spirit. All right. So I guess the very, very first memory I have is about my birth and birth story, which people can go on the podcast and hear the full story. But I remember looking down on earth and making the decision of how I wanted to come to this earth and with my who my mother is and was and all of that. So that was my very first early memory. And so I just I start out with that because that's an essential essential part of who I am and my experiences and why I believe so intensely in God source energy and in other things other than ourselves. So that's the first thing. But as far wow. as I'm yeah. just going to stop you because <laughs> that is insane. That blows my mind. Wow. Would wow. you make any changes now that you know, <laughs> like oh, looking God. back, what we're talking you about? I know one of the questions is what's a holy shit moment. And that was a holy shit moment was being born for sure. Oh, because what I remember is so there's all different thoughts and stuff. So I don't remember necessarily anything about fully being in the womb or any of that. So whether it's just amnesia or whatever else. However, the most I remember is when I was coming out and the weight that you feel from being this physical being. And it's almost like you're sandwiched, just the the gravity and the heaviness. And I don't mean heavy energy as much as just being in the body. Yes. And then I, all these things were rushing back. It's like you would see in a movie, just like these scenes playing. And then I'm cold and then I'm just like looking and everything's bright and I'm looking around and I'm like, what did I do? Why am I here again? I did this to myself. That was, it, you know, what wasn't the exact, but that was what I was experiencing. Wow. And then I remember seeing, and at first my parents thought I was making this up when I got older. And so they were asking, well, how many people were in the room? Where are people standing? All this. And of course, they have photos of certain things and they were, you know, became believers. But yeah, that was the first experience is I just remember how heavy it was coming to earth and asking myself why I did this again. And uh, so, yes, that would be kind of first with, I don't want to say spirit, but just that connection to universal source and energy. And then it was a conscious decision 
that I made to come here. Yeah. Wow. So I have a question about that. Do you have the sense that there was a specific contract associated with this time around? Like there were certain things that you agreed to experience or to learn or to do, or just that you agreed to come back? Well, the first was agreeing to come back and the that being really like a slap upside the face of crap, I'm here again. But then when I was young, when I was growing up, it was more an innate sense of knowing. So I obviously would ask myself questions of why am I here? All of those things. And I would be shown that I made decisions at certain moments in my life. And those were, again, conscious choices of the experiences. But then I was shown visually of things branching out. So if I made other choices, this would happen and this would happen. So I wouldn't necessarily see all the steps, but I felt empowered. That goes back to our free will and choice that we all have, that I do believe there's an end goal of where we want to be and get. And ultimately we all, for the most part, will get there. Mm-hmm. Some of us just take these winding roads and some of us take straighter paths, you know, that are direct to get there. So yes, but it wasn't like I remember reviewing everything and planning everything out and then coming here. It was more the visual I saw was looking down on earth, which spoiler alert, it is round. It's not flat. <laughs> people that are out there talking about it, it's flat. It's just, it's round, or at least I saw that piece of it, that sphere. And, you know, seeing my mom, which was, she was a little girl at the time. And I remember her hair and then the dress and all the things and her running back inside and just wanting to step forward. And I was like, oh, her right there. And I, it was less of the person is more of the soul and how we connected and she felt familiar. And then I remember wanting to step forward and go. And I heard this voice and this feeling say, no, it's not time yet. And I felt almost disappointment. Not that we really feel that over there. But then as I went to turn around, the next thing I heard, it's time. And then as I turned back around, I was just like zooming down to earth. Wow. And now do you have siblings? Yes, I have a sister. We're almost 10 years apart. I'm older, the eldest. Okay. So you're the Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, not exactly, because it sounds like from a very early age, you had certain knowing and I would say a relationship with spirit very, very young. And that's really similar to to Jill's story. You know, we talk about how Jill and I are very different. Jill had imaginary friends and seemed to have some unusual knowing, you know what I mean? What were you like? I never attribute that to God or like a higher power. You know what I mean? I was just Mm -hmm. like playing with my imaginary friends when you were younger and you had this, these awarenesses, did you feel connected to the divine in that way? I love that question for so many reasons, because when, and I don't know how old I was, guys, again, I always say in the loving way, I was a strange, strange child is that I would ask (laughs) the questions do I believe in God? Because I would hear people talking about these things. Some believe, some didn't. Obviously, you pick up on it. My family was spiritual, but not religious. So my mom grew up Catholic, my dad and Baptist. We never really went to church because we moved around a lot, but we would you know, occasionally try things out. And, and so you start to ask those questions, but I was asking them at a very early age. And I said, does God exist? Do I believe in God? And when I say that, I mean what everyone else in society is defining God as for the most part. And I just would remember that moment and it wasn't really 
God as much as it was just feeling so connected that we were all one and not separate and feeling just this intense love and peace and no other feeling existed. Feelings are a manifestation. It was really more of a, I should go back and say it's an energy and it's a frequency and it's a vibration, um, not necessarily an, an emotion. And so that always would, that would play back in my mind. And I'd say, and then I would feel it. I would actually feel that oneness within me. And as I started to get older, the more I had life experiences, the bigger that gap or that divide would start to feel connected to source. Not that it ever fully went away, but you're having life experiences programs and all that. And you just get more and more into this material physical world that you don't remember. Hopefully that answered your question. But yes, it was more of, I would go back to that memory and then trying to tap into that energy and that experience to remind me of how it felt. When you were growing up and coming of age, how were you utilizing that awareness? Were you playing? Were you like, because I was playing with the tarot. I was like, let's get out the Ouija board. Like, how are you experiencing those those things? So when I was really young, so I would say two, three, four, five, it was my experience with now who I know is Archangel Michael, but I would feel energetic presences around me that were not people or souls who had crossed over, but angelic feelings and experiences. I I say feelings because I would feel at peace. I'd feel I would feel that original source kind of connection. And so I would just start to automatically have these more telepathic conversations in my mind, which I now would say it's more intuition using the various intuitive senses. And then as I got older, like more in my teen years, oh, yes. I mean, my sister and I, I mean, I was what, let's say 13. And so she was 10 years younger. I would have her read back to me past life regressions. Oh, she wow. would put me under and then I would put her under. What? And yeah, <laughs> wow. I, crystals. I remember. So one of the reasons I love, it's now called Mind, Body, Soul in Cincinnati, but it used to be called Victory Light. When I would come visit both my grandparents' sides, they would take me. There would be one in the spring and one in the fall, but usually it was the fall because it was closest to the holiday. And we would go and I would pick out crystals and my grandparents would talk to me about crystals. We all had collections. So my family was super supportive, but again, only we've talked about this before, only in the family, everything that outside. And then when I got more in my teenage, teenage years, and it was friends, less the Ouija board, because that I've had some experiences scared the living crap out of me. But it was more of the Oracle decks, the tarot at the time, there weren't so many Oracle decks. So it was more of the the tarot or tarot, however you want to say it. But yeah, that would be usually the things is um, meditations, past life regressions, tarot cards, started to get into astrology, but it hurt my brain, True, Um, you know, because just all the math and stuff. There's not like it is now where you could do all these calculations and just popped up for you. You actually had to figure it out. Uh, But yeah, so those sorts of things. Okay. I have to stop you. I have so many (laughs) questions. I want to know how you just figured out how to do a past life regression and on yourself or or with your sister. What what did that look like? And I'm going to be taking notes, Jill. (laughs) Okay. So I do need to clarify. It was not that I was just like, oh, I know how to do this and wrote it down and she put me under there. My parents were all into this stuff. And so that was really, what would that be? I would say that would be the eighties. So there were all these books starting mm-hmm. to come out, you know, yes. Linda Goodman. I'm, I don't know exactly what the book was, but somewhere in a book there was, oh, and if you want to do past life regressions, here you go. And so my parents had this big library. We would go and I would just read these books. And through that, I was like, well, I can't read it to myself. And again, there's not a lot of audio <laughs> recorder, so I would make my sister do it. <laughs> but the way you do it is it's, I'm sure, and now you can search online, but 
you would just, you know, get quiet. You would close your eyes. It would usually, they would say, have the room dark. And then most often it would be think of a place that's really peaceful to you. And you get really centered and visualizing very intensely what that looks like. So are you at a, on a, in a meadow? What what is it so that you just start taking in all the kind of senses and then you see a door door opens i'm kind of going through it fast Mm -hmm. you then either steps are up or down essentially it's hypnosis is what it Mm -hmm. pretty much is and you walk down and the more you get down and down and down further down the steps there's doors and a hallway and you pick one and you walk through it but we would practice and what was so amazing about that is when you're younger it was literally like i was dreaming but i was awake while i was dreaming it's been harder to get to that state as an adult even doing all the practices i do now but yeah i mean it was it was cool and the 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 coolest thing is that my sister and i wouldn't share necessarily so she would just have me do it and i wouldn't be talking and then I would have her and we would have these shared experiences, but we wouldn't discuss it until we were both done. So we had a lot of past life experiences in Atlantis together and her sharing and explaining to me what she was seeing. And then I would I would re-remember it or I would it would be the exact same experience I was having through my past life regression. Wow. Well. So you were able to validate each other's experience in that way. And you just said Atlantis. You mean the lost island of Atlantis? Yes. Wow. I know it sounds really crazy, but that was another thing. (laughs) Just it was a knowing. I and the weirdest part for me, I know there's, you know, and I again say weird lovingly, is I had this connection to Egypt. And then I always was trying to figure out, okay, what is that connection to Egypt? And so what they explained or I saw is that Atlantis was this advanced society. We use crystals a lot for different types of things from we use them now in our phones and computers, but we use them for all these massive, massive things, healing, surgery, all kinds of stuff. And what happened was there were people that would go out these teams and it wasn't to create new cultures, but it was to help advance other civilizations. And so I was in on one task force to go to Egypt and to do this stuff. And yeah, it was a whole thing. And Wow. Uh, so, so finding that it was more empowering of anything because then I understood why I had this crazy connection energetically to crystals and why they felt like children to me and and yeah. sentient beings essentially, which you know they're crystals. <laughs> right. But it felt I would just feel the energy and the information coming through, and so that helped explain at least how I was you know just associating these connections with those societies and cultures. That's crazy cool. Can we go back to the Ouija thing now? (laughs) I'm sorry. I have got to know. Now, when I was a kid, I was my mother's oldest and my mom was going through a divorce with my father. We would use the Ouija board to find out what my dad was up to, literally. And we got some good info. So I can say that the Ouija board as a tool can be very accurate. Mm -hmm. Um. However, I know that a lot, it's not a game. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can potentially, you know, open doors that you don't want to open, uh, initiate communication with beings that you shouldn't be communicating with. But I am so interested if you're comfortable Mm -hmm. sharing your experience with the Ouija board and what that brought forth. I just want to say this before we go on. Like, yes, the Ouija board is cool, but you don't want to be a tourist doing it, right? That's what happened. I was a tourist doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was a tourist. (laughs) Okay. Tell me everything. (laughs) Okay. So this is when I think, I mean, I am assuming they still make them, but it was at Hasbro, whatever, the toy manufacturer just made them. They do still make them. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a collection. 
You do. <laughs> you yeah, do have a lot of collection of different kinds. I love yeah. them. Okay. Like an original one. I would love to. Anyway, yeah. So that's a whole nother conversation for another yeah, day. But no for Ouija board, I don't even, my, my parents got it. I think my dad was at, I don't know, a store and picked it up. And this was when my sister was like barely walking. So, I mean, I had to be like 10, mm-hmm. 10 and a half, maybe 11 at the time. And so he gets this and it was literally out of the you know box and cellophane. And how do we use this thing? Okay. So they used it a couple of times with their friends just playing around. And then they'd put it in the closet. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do this because I saw them doing it. But not, you know, also Hasbro, they do not give you instructions about no. maybe you should protect your space and call in. I mean, so again, no. I was just like, this is cool. My parents were doing it. They were doing it with their friends. I'm going to try it too. So I went down the basement and I didn't really have any experiences with it. Uh, you know, my me and my friends, it was just kind of like, are we the typical kids stuff? Are you doing it? Am I doing it? And mm-hmm. I tried it, I think, a handful full of times. But then fast forward, I lived in the basement. It it was like situated for me in this room. And it was cool because it was this massive basement. The way it was situated is you go down the stairs and then there was this hallway with a bunch of doors and work, you know, storage and stuff. And then you get to the end of the room. It was essentially supposed to be like a family room, you know, but Mm -hmm. my bedroom was in the back. And I would keep hearing somebody walking down the stairs and into the hallway and it was really thick carpeting and padding. So for a long time, for weeks, I kept thinking it was my pets or it was my parents or it was my sister. And the walking sound would stop when it got to my room because it was a different type of flooring material. And so then, so I'm hearing these things and then the room temperature would change occasionally. There would just be this this dark sense and feeling around it. And so, and I'm putting protection as we're talking about this right now. But then anyway, (laughs) I'm telling my dad this because then it gets to the point where I can't sleep. Like I would stay up until two, three, four in the morning so that I was exhausted in order for me to fall asleep, you know, so that I was literally not woken up by anything. And it was also around the time where everyone was talking about aliens and aliens were all over television. And so in my mind, I'm thinking this is alien. I did not make the connection Ouija board and energy. I was just I I was in my head. So I'm freaking out every night. My dad says to me, don't worry, nothing can hurt you unless you give it power and you're in fear and you're protected. All these things and tells me just essentially tell them to go away. So one night I'd had enough (laughs) and I said out loud, you do not have permission to be in my space. I'm not afraid of you. Get out. And I heard this laugh and it went like out, out loud auditorily and it goes and it chuckles like, (laughs) oh, no. And then, of course, chill, like hair, all of this. And I'm sitting and I and I'm like, did I really hear that? And then I heard it's like it's getting joy out of this. Ha ha ha. Uh-oh. And then it just and nope. to the point where it starts screaming at me. Ha. And I jumped out of my bed, put the sign of the cross behind my back, ran upstairs as fast as I could. And I'm crying. My dad's out of town. And I tell my mom, and I'm so upset. I said, There's something in the house. There's something in the house. It's downstairs. There. <laughs> and and she grabs a rake. I don't even know how where she gets this freaking rake because it's her bedroom, but she finds a rake and we're and anyway we go down can see our breath. It's literally like a move a scary movie. You can see breath, you feel the 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 coldness. It would just we called it George. George was not nice, was not good, would constantly open doors. But whether the house was already like that and it tapped in, whether it opened up a door. But then after that, my sister would always see things and she would just be like, hi, hi, and wave and like watch. And yeah, until we moved out of the house and then it was gone. Oh, my goodness. So after that, I never touched another Ouija board. (laughs) Well, I I would do it now because I know, you know, what to do. But I was 10. 
Yeah, no, wow. I can't believe I, I no. I would have ran <laughs> to my parents' room like the second I heard the footsteps. I would have been like, "Move over, Dad!" Like, <laughs> 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 tell it to go. <laughs> okay. Wow. And the so, person is even thinking about that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's also why I feel very blessed. I know people are like, "What do you mean blessed for having that experience?" Because if I hadn't, I don't know if I necessarily would fully believe. Oh, that's a good point. Like I'm open to the concept of things, but if I had not had that particular experience and then also knowing now what to do, I don't know if I would be fully in it, you know? Mm-hmm. That you makes mean sense. believe, believe like there's light in... that like there's light and there's dark. So okay. it makes sense that Archangel Michael, angels, all that exists. But when you hear things about dark entities or demons or other things, you don't, I don't fully believe because I at that point hadn't had an experience. But since then I am a firm believer. Well, wow. I have a question and this is this is totally off topic, but mm-hmm. since we're talking about good and like higher and lower energies, do you think the more tuned in you get and trying to do good, do you think that that makes you a target just because your frequency is getting higher? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't want to scare anyone, but yes. And yeah. it's, I th- think that's also why it happens to us a lot when we're younger because mm-hmm. it's like bullies just trying to boo. Oh, you know? that's a good analogy. You know, boo, yeah. I'm trying to scare you. And then mm-hmm. it forces us to shut down. It forces us, even though we're all empowered, we're all protected. There's all things that we can do, be smart about certain things. But yes, as you then get older and, or you decide to do more light work, it's not that you become a target as much as it's just the bigger you expand your light, <laughs> yeah. the more mm-hmm. it's going to reach into other things. You know, it's, it's kind of that. But yes, and I think you are also more protected the more you do this too. So that's what I'm hearing. That's a really good point. So you are, of course, the creator and host. The creator (laughs) and host of A Psychic Story, which is a top rated podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, you're amazing. Amazing work for real. And um, so tell us about that concept. How did you come up with it? Like, where did that come from and why? Yeah. So it sounds like a cliche, but uh, what was it about five years ago? Because it's been on now for four years, essentially. I was in this time in my life where I was very successful with my career in PR and communications and marketing. I kept winning more and more new business, growing my teams, growing up to a multi-million dollar business, built a new home. I had all, all of the things and the stuff that I had worked so hard to get. Not that it was really about the money or anything else that mattered. To me, it was just, that's what I thought I was supposed to do when you are focused and work really hard at something. But inside, I was just feeling miserable and I kept getting all of this anxiety and stress from the more, the more you do, you do all of that. And I was a workaholic. And every night I would go to bed for several months, I would just pray to my guides and angels and ask, you know, what do I need to be doing? What am I missing? Please help me. Please do remove this energy and also healing myself because I'm a Reiki master too. And finally, one night I was just exhausted. And sometimes I think it's when you're, I don't want to say that was at the lowest, but when you're exhausted that it's like you're break, broken down all of these other barriers and it's allowing this to come in in a loving way. And I just heard 
you need to start a podcast. And now when I say hearing, it was more a thought and a no, it was all the Claire's at once. Mm-hmm. And I said, a podcast, what in the world? And this is probably like two in the morning. I don't know what it is with me at two, three, four in the morning doing things. <laughs> but I said, a podcast, I have all these things going on. When am I going to have time to do it? And I just kept then seeing this list of, and I heard the name, you need to call it a psychic story. Then once you, you need to go ahead next week and create a website and you do all these things. And I was tired. So I said, I hear you. Uh, don't think you're right, <laughs> but I'm sure somebody has this trademarked or whatever and already has all this stuff, but I'll look into it like, yeah, 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 and fell asleep. And so then the next morning I looked it up and lo and behold, no one had the website, no one had trademarked it. And I just started to move forward and having my background in communications, just being able to, I knew nothing about podcasting, quite frankly, at that time, but I did it. I built it up and I kept asking them for the next couple of weeks, well, why is this so urgent? And I was just feeling the urgency. Obviously, yes, I had been praying, but it just felt like timing wise, it couldn't wait. And they said they wouldn't give me any information. I'm sure you guys feel the same way when you're blocked sometimes, <laughs> when they won't show you, you're just like, but there's this urgency, but you're not going to tell me why it's annoying. Uh, But I did it anyway. And then that was the summer of 2019. And then what happened in early 2020, the pandemic. Right. And I think that's also part of why the podcast is successful is because it happened in a moment in time where people were consuming more content, listening to audio. They were, we were stuck in our homes. We wanted to feel more connected. Hearing other people's experiences and stories helped that. But that's how it kind of got off the ground. And I'm not saying it was because of the pandemic as much as there was just a timing. There was a divine timing sure. being able to create a platform to connect people. And so that is how it got started. And it was a passion project and still is sort of a passion project of mine. But since that time, it's grown to the point where hopefully I, at some point I can do this full time and continue to create more content and help to you know connect people. What is your favorite episode? Yes. You mean aside from the one with you guys? No, that's you. Stop. I I had to think long and hard because that's like having a favorite child, you know, Mm. honestly, because there's each one has taught me something and in a different way. But I would say the very first episode, and that was with Sonia Fitzpatrick. And for people who may not know her, Sonia is a force within the spiritual community as far as she's known as the pet psychic and she communicates with pets and animals. And she has a really awesome, awesome story about when she was little and her experiences. And so it was, I remember reading her books when I was younger, meeting her in person at one point because my mom and I were just such fans, seeing her on television. And I thought, well, when I'm doing this podcast, what's my hit list? The goal was always not to have all these well-known people and celebrities. was to allow other people and practitioners and lightworkers a channel to also be connected. But ultimately, I had this hit list and I was like, there's no way her PR people are never going to. I mean, I'm new. I'm this new podcast. Why would she be on? And she immediately said yes. So she was on. But she was also on right after my dear dog passed away. And so if you listen to the episode and you kind of pick up on it, I, I like listen back. It's just it kind of breaks my heart in a good way is like I could feel him still energetically around and trying really hard because this is my first episode not to talk about me, not to talk about my dog. And he came in without me even asking her. And so that was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I would say that one just for all the reasons. First episode, 
I really admire her and the work she does. And she said yes and gave me the confidence in being able to reach out to more people and ask more people to be on. Mm, I don't know how you didn't cry. I would be I, I was like, I was, uh, you kind of can hear my voice going, Ugh. like it was, <laughs> and people probably like, don't know this chick from Adam. That's just her normal voice. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, I have to listen to that special. one tonight. So you have a new project, a new book. It is entitled Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels. And it is in development and will be available this fall of 2023. Congratulations. Thank you. You guys know how much it is to work on a book, even when the content's already somewhat written. But thank you. Yes, it is exhausting. We are so excited to see it in print. Tell us, how did this project come about? Well, similar to the podcast, actually. So I was in meditation and prayer for in preparation for a session with someone. And it was almost like a child trying to talk to their parent on the telephone. You know, I'm I'm communicating with the other person's spirit team and getting messages and information in preparation. And I hear my own spirit team saying, you need to write about us. Now, this was very similar in the way I heard about the podcast. And I just stopped and I said, you got to be kidding me. First, I'm preparing for this other person. Second, what do you mean? And I first try to get away with just a blog post. Not that I blog, but there is a section <laughs> on the website. I was like, okay, I can. And the reason why they were coming through is it what there was a synergy with it because the person wanted to know how to connect with their guides and angels. And so I was you know, writing this stuff down for them. And so there was that. So there was a rhyme or reason. But they said, no, you need to write a book. And so I set a very clear energetic boundary at that time where I said, I don't know if I have time (laughs) or or the energy or the interest. I want to do it. But yeah. So I set exactly the bandwidth is more like it. And so I said, I will write about you if you bring me the right person or people or team or funding, because I also self-fund the podcast. You know, I don't have advertisers on except there was like one ad over the course of hundreds of episodes. So all that to say is I thought about myself some time, you know, it would that stuff wouldn't manifest or come into being for several months, at least, and maybe, you know, three to seven. And so about 48 hours later, I get an email and it was from Dr. Scott Guerin and the subject header was looking for a co-author. And he, yes, and he had in the email that he wasn't sure if I was going to respond, but that he had received a message that he needed to add a co-author to the book he was working on, which was Looking for Angels. And he had already written the religion, science, and psychology portion. So it's essentially about angels through those lenses, but he didn't know about the modern day and or how to truly connect on the spiritual side of things. So I laughed because then he, you know, he's also self-publishing. And I said, I heard your message and now I have to honor your request. You brought me everything on my list that I asked for. And then we got started, but I immediately emailed him back. And that's what we've been working on since then. So that's how it came about. Hang in there, guys. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. We are so excited to unveil the first book in our series entitled Common Mystics Present Ghost on the Road, Volume 1, Murders and Mysterious Deaths. It's everything you love about common mystics and more. It's a retelling of 10 of our favorite stories from our pod with exciting extras. Extras like souvenirs, what we took away from the experience, and what to know if you go if you decide to travel in our footsteps. Pre-order the Kindle edition now. All other formats of the book will be available for purchase at Amazon.com on July 1st, 2023. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. 
Okay. I have to say this before we keep talking about this book, but your spirit team is surprisingly clear with you. Mm. I don't know if it's you and your ability to understand them or if it's them, because by comparison, mine are just like <laughs> lazy. I don't know <laughs> what's going on with mine. And when they do communicate, I have no idea what they're trying to say. They'll like send a bird or something. But yours are like specific questions with timelines. Because they like, know that I would not do anything if they didn't. I'd be like, uh, whatever. I, eh. I just would. I would. I mean, I ain't got time for that. So they know I, I like bullet points. I want a okay. plan. I want action. And that's also helps me, I think, when other people come to me as well and helping them. Sometimes it's not quite as clear, but I okay. have been doing this since I was three. So if I've been doing got this it. every single day, talking with Michael and him introducing me and me understanding my intuition and trusting it and not doubting myself, it, there's the confidence. I still have doubt. But there's the confidence and that connection and that trust. And so, and a big part of it too is honestly, it's not just them as much as it's me connected to my higher self. Because I can mm. tell, which I know it's probably one of your other questions too, but I can tell if it's me, if it's my ego, if it's my higher self, if it's my spirit team. And, but in this instance, it was definitely them. And I was like, you're, you're giving me an assignment. <laughs> you're giving me another, more another, another assignment. So I assigned them things. So that's why I said, fine. Oh, you know, just like they said, right. you need to write about us. I said, okay, well, if you want me to, then you need to do this, this, and this in order for this to happen. I love it. So I love the book. I love both portions of the book. I love Scott's deep dive into all like the religion, the psychology, love it. But I am so drawn to your writing and the way you make things angelic and divine accessible to everybody mm -hmm. in a way that's interesting. So many times I have so many books on angels. Sometimes I kind of <laughs> am like, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't because you feel... can't relate. You, right. you can't really relate. It's so out of reach, so ethereal. But reading your book and having someone really break it down in a way that it's not about worthy or not worthy. It's not about accessibility. It's just about knowing, believing and doing it. It's like putting mm -hmm. one step. It's almost like you made it an analogy would be like learning to walk. You just put one step in front of the other and you keep going. And then look, you're in walking. Yeah. Yes. So how did you, you two, you with your perspective and Scott with his, how did you bring that balance of perspectives? Well, luckily he had already written his portion. <laughs> so when he reached out, he had already written it. And then he had received through his own spirit team messages, not directly like I did. He was at a, a psychic fair or I should say a spiritual event. And this medium came up to him and had been staring at his booth. He'll tell the story, but that this lady just keeps staring at him. And at the end, she's like, your book is, you know, a little bit methodical and scientific, which is great, but you need to have a different voice and perspective. Mm -hmm. And she hadn't even read the book. She was mm -hmm. just looking at it and she could pick up on that. And the reason he had written it that way is one, that's his experience and two, just where he comes from. He has a PhD and psychology and all of that. And so he wanted to bring more, I don't want to say a skeptic, but here's all the deep dives into mm -hmm. the world. So if you're on the fence, here's what it means in, re again, religion, psychology, and science. And so to get, give people that comfort in knowing all of that. And so he had already written it. And I will say it wasn't a concern as much, but when I started to think, how am I going to insert it? Part of me said, do I just provide him with the information? And then he writes it and it's his book. 
do I put that my voice into it? And so I kept hearing again, spirit team, there's the balance and providing the different perspectives is what's important. So we didn't work so much as trying to change the tone of either of our, you know, voices, but it was a little bit of that balance. And so we do have our stories in the beginning to share, to set that up. But then the bulk of that is just from my perspective and his perspective. And hopefully that balances it out. And also what I love about that is if you're just into the first part, meaning those three sections, read Mm -hmm. that. If you want the second, read what I have. It's a little bit more of a handy guidebook. If you like both, then you have the best of both worlds. So that's kind of how it came together. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. And it's very unique in those, all those perspectives in one place. Right. And so he has his chapters that he wrote and you have your chapters that you wrote. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough. We were lucky enough to get a pre-read, you know, yeah. some of the chapters in advance, which it's amazing. But I noticed reading some of your parts that there are some specific quotes attributed to angels. For, for example, I'm looking at one right here. This one says, and I quote, feel at peace knowing that you are powerful, having purpose, and your dreams are attainable. And that is a quote from Archangel Gabriel. So can you explain (laughs) to us how you have quotes from angels? They're very demanding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hi, podcast book, all that. But no, I when I was originally starting and writing it, I felt like I wanted it to be a little bit of a dictionary, you know, not because it's important to know who your guardian angel's name is or which, you know, members on your spirit team. But as humans, we want to understand that. And it helps us to, I think better connect. Just like we connect, like, I know you're Jen and Jill, and this is what you guys do. It helps us relate, essentially. And so anyway, I originally started out with it being more of a, hey, look, look it up, and you can understand them a little bit more. But the more I started to create the content for them and write, it was channeling. So originally I started looking at, and there's a few in there, there's a handful. I probably need to define it a little bit better, but ones that they're typically attributed to. So they're either pulled through texts or other things, but those are usually for like the big archangels where, and I also didn't want it to sound religious in in essence. Mm. So I would just sit there, which is also partially too much of Scott's chagrin. Ah. <laughs> I, it took me a longer time. I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to knock this out. No problem in a few, in a few weeks. And it, they just kept adding more and more. And one of that was very important. They said, you can't just have some paragraphs about us and what we stand for and not have the energy come through and have a, our own voice and what that is. And so I was like, you got to be kidding me. Okay. I respect <laughs> that. I get that. You know, this is wow. your book. This is your book, essentially. So yes, I would sit there and sometimes it would come extremely easily and other times it wouldn't. And so that's how that came about. And then because the book talks about archangels, our spirit, other spirit team members, and also ascended masters, I couldn't just have the quotes through with the archangels. So I pulled that through for the ascended masters as well. Love everything you just said. Okay. So a couple questions. How does it feel different when you are in communion if, with a higher energy? 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Am I asking that right? Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm thinking, cause I, I knew you were going to ask this. And so I was like, how do I explain it? Cause it's hard to sometimes put it into words. First, I'm going to go, the reason why the book talks about our intuition and our intuitive abilities is because that is the primary way our guides and angels are going to communicate with us when we're connected to them. So mm-hmm. if you see more in your mind's eye, if you have more emotional sensitivities and i.e. an empath, all of those things. So there's that. And so I say that because you, how you feel, and I'm using air quotes, is going to depend upon how you're experiencing them in particular. But to answer your question more specifically, it goes back to it's more energy reading. That's technically what a psychic is, is that you can mm-hmm. pick up on energy of people, places, and things. And so they have a very distinct energetic presence. Celestial beings, i.e. archangels or angels, are going to feel more loving, more pure, more peaceful, more protective and guidance type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are connecting with someone or a soul who's passed over, they tend to feel more human. They have mm-hmm. more personalities, not because archangels and ascended masters and guardian angels don't have personalities, but they they ha- they don't have the ego. They don't necessarily define themselves as that, but mm-hmm. human souls who were once living do have that more personality and they just feel more human. It's kind of like how I would describe if you think about your pet versus if you think about your sister or a family member, how does that feel? You know, That's there's a, great... a lot more, there's a lot more innocence when you think of a pet. Um, mm-hmm. They just, you want to protect them and there's that unconditional love. Whereas a human being, it depends on your experiences with them and how they're mm-hmm. going to feel. Angels don't have any of that. It's just they are. They just exist. So that's how I would describe it. That's beautiful. And then how would you differentiate that from when you are connecting with your higher self? Yes. And this is a little bit more tricky because, and this also goes back to, for your listeners, deciding for yourself what's important. So for me, truly the most important aspect of any of this is to remind yourself and be cognizant and aware that you're a source of love and light and you are connected to universal source and energy, period, end of story. Your higher self is that more awakened consciousness that can ha- that has a viewpoint of your current life and all alternate lives. It has an objective perspective and helps guide you. And that is usually more your intuition and the essence. So when you're tapping into your intuition, you're feeling strongly, you have a conviction in something that is usually your higher self because you're in alignment with it. You're do this, don't do this. Oh, I don't know if I should, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas when you, at least from my perspective, are connecting with your spirit team members, it feels otherworldly. It doesn't feel like it's a part of you. It's coming in fast. You know, like I said, I was not thinking about writing a book and it comes mm. in and it's it, it just the it energetically goes back to how I feel. So I always ask myself when I'm receiving a message in whatever way, is this me? Is this something else? And then I get the it's me. Okay. It just helps me understand, is this coming from a desire or need and or objective on my own right? Or is this from a higher place? None of it's right or wrong. It just helps you. I almost think about it as like, a, I'm sending an email. Is it an urgent email or not urgent? And yeah. where is it? And who's it coming from type of thing? It just mm-hmm. helps. It's more insightful, I guess, to help me make the decision of whatever whether or not I'm going to listen to it or not. 
It seems like the angel relationship that you have with these divine beings, it seems like you are graciously allowing their mission in being of service to them. When in your life had you had an opportunity where they stepped in and it was like a moment of grace for you? Like they showed up for you that you're like, damn, thank you. That was a solid. (laughs) All the time. And I think of it more as a partnership, I guess. Because there's things I can do that they can't and vice versa. And that's Hmm. what Michael's told me before. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah, because they haven't lived here and they're not, they've never had human experiences. They have a different perspective and can help versus the other. And they also need us to, because of free will and choice and Mm -hmm. all of the things they're not creating for us as much as they're allowed we're allowed to experience this beautiful life this existence and as such we're creating um in our own right we're creators of love light and all of it and so as such it's a partnership so i see their guidance the time that they're harsher with me i would say in those instances is when i just don't want to listen when i'm Mm. ignoring my own intuition or what i feel i need to know and do they kind of intercede but the way that they've really stepped in for grace for me i would say is when they saved my sister's life i was i think nine or ten this was going back to the scary house with the ghost Mm -hmm. george and we were in a park that was you could see it from the house and i was just playing outside and it was a sunny day and i heard this voice and said get out, get out now filled with like this just sense of dread and doom. And when I then saw this car pulling up, which had come around the corner and this man hopped out and he was going to kidnap my sister. And so there's been those moments of intervention where they've definitely helped. But I think the most beautiful experience that I had was what I would say I was in my mid twenties and I was just really down and I couldn't, I'm sure everybody has probably had this experience to some extent where you just can't get out of your human feelings and Mm -hmm. in life as a whole. And I was crying, 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 crying. And I was just praying. And I was like, just take this for me. Just take this for me. I can't feel this anymore. And I heard angelic music, like choir music. And it was just this. And at first I thought it was my neighbors playing music, but then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger in the room. And it filled it up to such a point where I was like, this is magical. This is what heaven sounds like. And it just, I had this peace watched over me and I fell asleep and then I felt woke up and I felt refreshed. So there's miracles that happen in every day, but also in those beautiful ways. And I would say it's a partnership. I love that. Wow. So in the book, you take some time to talk about the angel hierarchy, including archangels. And we talk a lot about the archangels, but they're not the only angels. So can you kind of explain the hierarchy and why it might be important to understand the hierarchy if you're going to be working with angel energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's nine in this. If you look in religion, there's essentially nine hierarchies and the angels will be the first to tell you it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, the hierarchy doesn't (laughs) really matter. Again, religion created this, but they Mm. do exist and they do... In, in certain levels. And the reason we as human beings are more familiar with archangels and angels is that archangels are like number, was it? If I'm doing the math, I should have probably written this out, or like number eight. And then angels or guardian angels are number nine. So when you look at hierarchy, they're actually the lowest, mm. but they're lower. And I'm using air quotes here because they allow us to, so archangels to be the bridge to heaven, God, source, energy, whatever, and to be messengers, vice versa. That's why you think of prayer and all of that. And then angels 
or guardian angels are more, they're a little bit more of that, that vibrational energy that allows us to relate with them. So that's why we tend to talk about them the most, but then you have um, starting at the very top, the seraphim, and they essentially protect God and are that energy around God's source. It's probably, if you think about it, almost like a ripple, you know, you have like the center of life force energy, Mm -hmm. then the next level, then the next level that ripples out energetically until it gets to different dimensional space and time. So that's the seraphim. Then you think of the cherubs or you hear of the cherubs and you see them all the time in like churches and they're really, Mm -hmm. you know, cute and cheeky and that sort of thing. I like their body styles. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They are, they are assigned to protect special places. So more, you know, sacred places and spaces and things. But yes, they tend to also be associated through wisdom. Then you have thrones and they are, you know, representative of overall the love of God and that vibration and frequency. You have the dominions, they oversee the lower choirs and humanity. And so they work with the universe and govern what we would call spiritual laws, universal laws, Mm. our free will and choice interceding from that perspective the virtues, they run and operate the actual movement of the universe, and they are associated with the actual planets, elements, seasons, and nature. So think of elemental type of energy. That would be kind of their guardian angels, so to speak, type of thing. Then you have the powers they assist in more, um, sorry, I'm kind of going through memory here, a natural order. So they are warrior type of angels, and they fight the different energies. So Michael actually oversees that group of the powers, And so when you think of Michael's army, that is your army, the principalities, uh, they're more associated with caring for states, churches, people, or things that are in transition and uh, transitions and empowering people. And that's the, all the different levels and orders. And then you get to archangels, of course, they communicate with heaven and, or I use heaven as the life source energy. And then the angels, which are tend to be our guardian angels. And just to quickly clarify, our guardian angels, we the reason why they can intervene and help us, like in that instance with my sister in the park, is because we've contracted, or at least this was Michael told me, we contracted with them before we came here. We already gave them permission. Mm, got it. So it's like, it's your buddy outside the ring. Like you tap <laughs> them in to come help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. And then also, it sounds like you're describing that the quote unquote hierarchy isn't from one to 10 being 10 less is the least important, but just closest to us as humans. Yes. Right. So we can so relate. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, as I much love as that we can, idea. as much as we can relate again, if they haven't incarnated here and in, never incarnated here, other than two archangels in particular, which is a whole nother story. But yes, they they can relate to us vibrationally and energetically a and little bit everybody more. has a guardian angel, whether or yes. not you believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you don't believe it, then they're just they're bo- chilling. They're I know, like, that's so they're playing, sad. They're, they're playing Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Words with friends. Filing their nails. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which angelic energy do you find yourself talking to the most or which one do you feel the closest to? Other than Michael, you've already mentioned Archangel mm-hmm. Michael. He's say, your yes. man. Mm-hmm. He's he's our man too. But mm-hmm. after Michael. Yeah, I would um, say Raphael because of healing. Oh. And when I started to get more and more into Reiki and energy healing, Raphael showed up in a big way. I mm. also, I used to hesitate saying this because I didn't want to sound all churchy, but Jesus Christ, I believed he existed and he was a man here on earth, but I didn't believe that he was necessarily the son of God. Or I know if people are like rolling their eyes out there, sorry, but I 
I just didn't. Um, I, just a little bit of healthy skepticism. I was tapping in and I just felt like we put him on this big pedestal until I actually experienced a miraculous moment with him. And I was like, you are real. You do exist. It is a little bit. So there's, I would say Jesus Christ, but he comes in when people really need more of like that savior. Like I will take mm. this pain from you. I will heal you in miraculous ways. I was human. I can relate to that sort of thing. So I would say those. And then I love Gabriel, obviously, because I'm in communications like Mm. with real people Mm, too in my day to day. So anytime I need help with writing or speaking or anything like that, Gabriel is definitely my go to. But I will also say I kind of don't talk about them a lot. But when I was younger, I really believed in fairies and the elementals and loved nature and all of that. And They've been showing up more and more for people, not me directly, but sometimes in sessions. And I'm always surprised. And I think one of the reasons for that is just Mother Earth. I mean, we're talking about blocking out the sun. Mm. (laughs) So they're starting to come up in, in ways for people more and more. So I love how your book, like you said, it's almost like manual slash encyclopedia for angels. And you go through many of the angels mm-hmm. and you describe what they help with, what, how their energy is, um, what their associations are, right? Like colors and elements and zodiac signs and chakras. So if you wanted to tap into a specific angel energy, how could someone listening intentionally connect with a specific angel energy? I'll give everyone a little exercise. Oh, um, if we it. have if we have time for it. I haven't even done this on my own podcast, so you guys are special here. Aww. Oh my gosh. But I'm so okay. Honored. So why don't you close your eyes for me? If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Do this later when you get home. But close your eyes for me. And I'm going to just ask Michael and Raphael to create some sacred space of love and light and protection around us. And as you close your eyes and you breathe in, you're breathing in that universal source energy that's comes from within all of us and around all of us. And you breathe out and you just let go all that no longer serves you. And just keep breathing in deeply and exhaling. And as you do that, I'm going to call in one particular being and I'm going to ask them to just slowly start to step forward. It could be in front of you, behind you, all around you, whatever you want to start to feel or envision or think, just stepping into your energetic presence. So into your energy field, into your aura. And as they step into it, you just start to feel more and more. I'm not going to give you the words, but a certain way. And it's almost like volume turning it up. The energy just starts to get bigger and bigger. And I want you to take note, there's no wrong answer, but just take note about anything that you're thinking, anything that visually pops in your mind, anything that you may emotionally be feeling. What's starting to kind of pop up for you? And I'm going to ask this particular being to either give you a sign, a symbol, a color, You may feel something physically, but it's all with love, all within divine guidance and protection, just filling you up. And essentially what's happening is they're allowing you and you're allowing them to experience them energetically on a soul level. 
on a vibrational and a frequency level. And now I'm going to ask this being as you continue to breathe in and out to slowly start to back away and removing their energy from your energetic field and auric field. So their presence, the volume just starts to slowly fade and turn down. And then after the next countdown here, they're going to completely be energetically separated. So three, two, one, and then you can open up your eyes and you guys can tell me anything and everyone's going to have some different types of experiences, but I like to do that exercise with people because I didn't say necessarily, which we'll get into a little bit, like who it was or what it is. But then what you can do is if you have a guardian angel that you want to tap into, if you want to connect with mother Teresa, if you want to talk to your grandfather, whatever it is, who's passed over, you have that practice. But the point is that you see kind of how their energetic presence is, but then how you're using your own intuition, again, whatever strongest within you to receive information. So I know that was fast. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do this more lengthy later, but I don't know if anyone wants to go first and share. I'll share. Okay. I saw a dark, bright blue, and I felt it around my chest, almost like I was being held and hugged, and and I felt very comforted and calm, and it was specific. I felt it in my heart and my chest. I felt it in my heart and my chest. Did you really? I really did. What did you see, Jill? What did you feel? Uh, well, Well, let me tell you, I felt it in front of me, it felt like it was coming towards me in that way. And it felt like a ripple effect that started in front of me at my chest that encapsulated me in some way. Mm-hmm. And it felt thicker. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the energy was thicker, but it also felt like a vibration, mm-hmm. right? Like it was like mm-hmm. almost like a humming. But I have to tell you in my head, what I saw right away is the St. Michael statue that I have it, not it, not the one that we grew up with, but the one in my she shed. I have a little mm-hmm. St. Michael statue on my altar. So that came kind of like in my vision, but I kept seeing in my mind's eye, the devil looking up with the, so. Spear to his neck. Mm-hmm. It was Michael. Was it Michael? Yeah. And if you look both up in us? my, yes. Yeah. It was wow. Michael for both because I asked Michael to come forward. And if you look Aww. in my, if you look in my book, I always start with him first. So now anyone who gets a session with me, I'm going to sh- <laughs> I'm gonna have to switch it up. But yeah. So that was Michael is Michael. And I start with him first because of protection, just all, sure. all of that. But Blue is his associated color. I did not know that. The big bright blue. I mean, not everyone. I mean, he can come in in multiple colors, but ultimately he's mostly associated with blue. And when you think of Michael, what's that main statue in religion? He's spearing the demon. Spearing the, yeah, the devil. Wow. And then you pick that up. So yeah, so separately, but you both had different experiences. And again, so when people ask, the book is to give you a sense of how they show up. You know, there might be certain yeah. words, certain symbols and signs. I don't really touch numbers in the book, but colors that might pop up that they're associated with so that when you connect and then you intentionally call them in, like, again, you can say, I want to connect with Archangel Michael. I want to have him to come in, step into my presence, show up for me. I usually then suggest to people that let's say you do that one day and you say, okay, Michael, thank you for being around. I would like to work with you over the next several days. You pick a time frame. 
so I usually try and say more than three days or sorry, at least three days or more. And then you can move on to someone else or you can stay with Michael. But the point of that is, is you start to get very aware of different types of energy and how they connect with you so that moving forward, you have more and understand when different ones show up for you. Through this work with the podcast and the book, how have your experiences or the way you experience your intuition and your relationship with the divine, how has it changed or has it has it changed at all? It's gotten, so I used to do this when I was younger and then I didn't do it because I was busy and the podcast kind of forced me back into it in an amazing way, which is I'm so grateful for. And there have been from my intuitive abilities, certain ones that have activated and turned on, not because I was trying, but just by sheer, I guess it's strength when ones, when, when several are working, other ones can be strengthened and just pop in on occasion. And that's what I've, I've experienced, but with the divine, I've started to feel them slowly take a step back. And I want to say this to people, like if you're like, all of a sudden I used to connect with them and all of, all of a sudden I'm not feeling them anymore. It's because they're taking a step back. They're taking the training wheels off a little bit. They're allowing us to step into our own power and trust with ourselves. And that's kind of what's happening with me more and more. I'm using them less and my own intuition more. Not that they were really ever separate, but um, anyway, that's that's how it's evolved for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And also Very I've been having some really woo-woo experiences with other things that aren't necessarily angels. That's, you know, <laughs> something else completely, but yeah. And it's, it's to open up my eyes that there are other things out there too. Wow. Very cool. Wow. So the last question we have for you is about what have been the most impactful things that you've learned through this whole process, through developing relationships with other people in this space, other psychics, as well as the divine. I had to think about this one because it's been such a gift for me. And I say that really from my heart to connect with different people and hear their perspectives I do not, I'm a student just as well as I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. and being able to learn, it's given me the opportunity where I'm not an expert in all of these areas. And so one, just having the ability to talk and learn from that standpoint has been extremely helpful, but also I've just been motivated so much and my heart's full that people are out there wanting to help one another and lift each other up and have those experiences and that sense of community. That's truly what I had hoped that this would create and what I get out of it. So it's less about maybe one or two particular things. It's I'm learning constantly talking to people. I'm like getting these downloads and like moments of aha. That's what that means. It just part of that evolution and growth. So that's what I would say. Well, we are so glad that you're doing it because I learned so much from you and you are a beautiful person. And I'm just so grateful for all your time and your support. I don't know if we would have the listeners, the amount of people that reached out to us from listening to a psychic story is phenomenal. Is it, it like you are our little angel. So thank you so, so, so much. Truly. Thank you. I just saw an angel flip and on over your right. So look back over the video later and see, but I want to, I saw it go like that. Like this is the your- second time this week that someone said that something that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank but you. Close- <laughs> but you know, you're very welcome, but I had, I wanted to recognize that like, hi oh, angel. Wow. Hello. But yes. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to tell our audience or our listeners, anything that, you know, wasn't one of the questions we sent you in advance that you <laughs> 
you want to, you know, share? Yeah, no, I mean, I think we covered everything. It's more, I guess, to put a finer point on that we are all truly empowered to do this. And it's more Mm -hmm. what your comfort level is. And I say comfort level with a smile because get ready, even if you're not, because you're going to get pushed out of the baby, the, out of the bird's nest uh, at some point, but that we're all empowered to do this. And truly the way I feel, at least for me to be able to connect back to that part of myself was through my understanding of my own intuition. It was never designed. And I don't think anytime you go to do it to like try really hard or to make it a business or you try and make it, oh, I just, I feel like I need to do this. But like, what's that conviction? Where do you, what are you feeling led to do and why? And for me, and I can't, I can only speak for myself enough for other people, but that we're empowered to do this. So we all have the ability that, understanding our intuition helps us connect back to ourselves, back to source. Again, not that we're ever separate from it, but that is really the purpose of it. And angels and our spirit team just happen to be a resource for us. So however you feel led to go and down a path of understanding and knowing and learning and growing, totally up to you. But that's really, for me, I just keep hearing the message, intuition, trusting, growing from that standpoint, we're going to need it. And that's needed society and collectively because there's some big things coming. And that would be what I would want to say. Wow. I love that. I love that message. And we both believe that so much that everybody can do this. And nine times out of 10, you're already doing it. You're not just putting (laughs) it like Jill says in the psychic box, like you're already doing it. So let's just call a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. You're psychic. So you know what I mean? And sometimes I think people are disappointed because they're like, that's it. I know doing it all this time. Yeah, I know. I know it's it's not magic, people. This isn't Harry Potter. We're not in Hogwarts. There are some moments of Harry Potter. There are, and we love, but they're few. But they're few and far between. That's Mm -hmm. right. And to tell you, the Harry Potter moments are usually when some real shiznizzle's happening, and it's like, Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want them. Yeah, (laughs) it's like okay, thank you, but it's literally like someone threw you a life preserver. So yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Nicole, you have been so gracious. Thank you so much for all your time. I am so excited to share this episode with our audience. Tell the people where they can listen to a psychic story, where they can find your book, Looking for Angels, and where they can connect with you. Yes. So everything is on a psychic story.com and also provide you guys with my link tree, but a psychic story.com. You can listen in any and all podcast players. So wherever you get your podcasts, if you don't know where a podcast are, just Google it, search on online, it'll pop up somewhere. And I would say also for the other podcasts that I c- create and host is a psychic story, kids edition. Season one is for adults only right now. I mean, kids can listen to it too but there will be future seasons. There's no website for that, but same thing, all podcast players. And then I have Supernatural Matters, which is another podcast where I share supernatural paranormal stories and you can decide if they're natural or supernatural. And that website, supernaturalmatters.com. And then Looking for Angels is a website, lookingforangelsbook.com. And if you want to sign up there to be alerted when it's available, we'll send you an email. I just want to just listen to all that. <laughs> That's incredible. I just want to say that you truly are so genuine and I am so grateful that somehow in this universe, we connected with you because no you kidding. literally are angels. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you and thank you to our spirit teams. Cause I came across your podcast and I can't get enough of it. So you guys need, you know, <laughs> need to keep doing more episodes. Well, we're kidnapping you. You're coming with us. You <laughs> yeah, really are. I know. 
I know for sure. I'm ready. I've already had people put their name in a hat. If they need, if we need snacks brought, <laughs> if people need to pay for gas, I've had so many people message me. That's so amazing. I was like, I'll put you on a waiting list, but <laughs> we oh, should, we really do have to plan this before October. Cause I think that would be a fun Halloween episode <laughs> when we kidnap Nicole Bigley. We need to do that. Yes. yes. And then that actually <laughs> is good because I've been thinking, what do I do for my Halloween episode? I don't know. So oh, maybe that's the episode. Oh, that would be amazing. Ooh, yes, we yes. need to. Okay. So then we need to pick a spooky place to stay. Not I, a bad, okay. not no. a bad spooky place, but like a spooky place. I to am stay. such a chicken. I'm thinking, how many Xanax will I need? Um, <laughs> and and I'm thinking we need to start renting cameras, and the, so we have cameras in the room to catch the hilarity. Oh, I'm investing. I'm investigating. Investigating. Oh my gosh, that was I intentional. I am investing in a nice camera for later. Are you um, perfect? Yeah, I was told to get one, and now I know why. <laughs> Your angels well, told you. Okay. We have, I have those cameras. Jen, oh, cool. For around the house that oh, work on Wi Fi. Yeah, I have those. And then we have GoPros. All right. But we're getting one Done. king size bed because I swear to God, there's no way. <laughs> Like, are we getting not those, in the middle? Or what are those I'm not in the middle. It says like Snuggies. So are we getting those too? Because that would be awesome. I don't want something Snuggies. weighting me Ooh. down. That's going to be harder to run. I'm hearing merch. Snuggies. Uh, yes. Yes. For yes, fall. Yes. Common mystics. Oh Common mystics on the front. Psychic story <laughs> on the back. Oh, I love it. Love. Love. I love, love. it. Thank uh, you right. so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening. Jill, do you want to tell the people where they can find us? Sure. Check out our website, commonmystics.net. Find us on our show socials at Common Mystics Pod. Listen in wherever you're listening to your favorite episodes. But don't forget, like, subscribe, and leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Love you. Good night. Good night. Good night.